Today begins a series of thoughts on the foundations of our Baptist faith. In order for us to make a better informed decision on who we are as Baptists and even on who our next pastor will be, uh, I want us to look at these key concepts, uh, looking at them in the way that Baptist historian Walter Sheridan has outlined four fragile freedoms of the Baptist faith. Today we will be looking at the freedom of church and state. In the weeks to come, we will look at the freedom of Scripture to speak for itself, the freedom of every believer to practice, and the freedom of every church to operate as they see fit. These freedoms are important to who we are and critical to what we are about. The idea of the separation of church and state is a confusing one for many, and uh, I want to unpack it just a little bit as we begin to think about it. The concept was championed by Thomas Jefferson in the 1780s after reading Roger Williams in the 1640s. Jefferson would call for a wall of separation between the church and the state and even go so far as to write it into the First Amendment to the Constitution saying that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The government cannot coerce someone to have a faith or participate in a particular faith or even not to have a faith. The government must respect each of us in our own individual right to participate in faith as we think God is leading us. Free exercise means that we can express ourselves in any way we choose and live as free and faithful citizens with respect to our faith. One of the wonderful partners of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, the Baptist Joint Committee, operates from Washington, D.C., and ensures that every American, not just Baptists, but every American, has the right to follow his or her individual spiritual beliefs. The BJC lobbies Congress for the religious freedom of all Americans, has even testified in several cases before the Supreme Court. The BJC says that a threat to anyone's religious freedom is a threat to everyone's religious freedom. James Dunn, longtime director for the BJC and fiery leader around this separation, says the church and state should be separate because both have separate constituencies, separate purposes, separate sources of funding and methodologies. The state is incompetent to judge spiritual matters. And the church doesn't understand the political process. The church and state have different callings and must 
be kept separate. When anyone's religious freedom is denied, everyone's religious freedom is endangered. Dunn goes on to say, when government requires religion, it makes a monster of it. If religion is not voluntary, it cannot be vital. And so today we come into this passage with this frame of religious freedom with us. Today's passage finds the Pharisees trying once again to trap Jesus. They begin with flattery, trying to catch him off guard. Good teacher, they say, but Jesus will have none of that. The Pharisees are hoping that Jesus would alienate the power parties of Israel or would preach rebellion against Rome, either of which could have gotten him imprisoned or killed. They come with this question, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes or not? Is it, is it okay for us to ignore Caesar? Or should we honor Caesar? Anyway, Jesus answered that demand would have gotten him in trouble. Rather than launching in, Jesus says, show me a coin. And they hand him a coin. And Jesus says, on whose face is the coin? Caesar's face, they say. Frank Stagg says that the fact that they could produce a coin already answered what the Pharisees had decided. They had already acknowledged Caesar and the benefits that came from doing business with Rome. And so Jesus pauses. Jesus didn't have a coin with Caesar's face on it, but the Pharisees did. And Jesus says, Caesar's face is on here, so you must give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and you must give back to God what is God's. Jesus didn't approve rebellion against Rome, nor did he approve Caesar as Lord. Jesus didn't say Israel should be a free, independent state, nor did he say Israel should pay homage to the empire. He simply said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Now, this passage is not exactly a proof text for the separation of church and state. However, this is a reminder of how we are to live in the world. Everything is under God. Caesar is only Caesar if he submits to a higher power. Otherwise, he is a monster and shows his true colors, as James Dunn was speaking of earlier. Jesus knew this to be the case. 
And so he says, is something due to Caesar? If so, the fact that you're carrying his money indicates that something is due to Caesar. So you have to give back. It's your rule of law as a citizen to give back. But something greater is due to God. The Pharisees couldn't grasp that. They wanted an either-or response. Jesus gave them both and. Rarely are questions binary, meaning that the answer is one way or the other. While many would propose that we live in a black and white world, I would submit to you that there are many variations on black and white, even red and yellow and brown in our world. And so Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give back to God what is God's. Some would say Jesus straddled the fence. Frank Stagg again would say the alternative to straddling the fence is not necessarily to fall off on one side or the other. Perhaps it was to demolish the fence, which is what Jesus does. There are those who say the governor should not tell us when we can meet in church. And I would submit to you, the governor should tell us when conditions are safe for meeting and we should pay attention. You and I both know of congregations that have thrown caution to the wind and ignored the advice of their leaders and opened their doors only to have to close their doors when the virus erupted. There are many who say the governor, the government, the president is not going to tell me whether I have to wear a mask or not. And I would agree the governor, the president should not have to tell you to wear a mask. If it's not safe, we should have the common decency for one another to put a mask on. Make no mistake, we must give to Caesar what is Caesar's. The laws of our land say that good citizens will pay taxes. I hate taxes. You hate taxes. I don't know of anyone who goes up to Washington with a sack full of money and says, please, sir, may I give you all of my money? None of us like that. But that's a responsible part of being a citizen in the land of the free and the home of the brave. But make no mistake, there is a higher power at work. The church... The church represents matters of faith, and the church should encourage us to pay our taxes. The church should encourage us to vote. The church should encourage us to make good choices, but the church should not encourage us 
to vote for one candidate over another or one party over another or one ideology over another. You know how I feel about that. Church and state may be separate but equal entities. But one other thought, God is not. God is over all. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but God, give to God what is God's, and all of this is God's. You see, church and state are separate and equal, but not God and state. Jesus would never acknowledge Caesar as God. Jesus would always put God's sovereignty over all, and so must we. I would uh, have you hear the words of Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Lord, how would you have me to vote? Lord, for whom would you have me to vote? Give first to God. Seek first God's way. And we live in a nation that protects our freedom to do that. God is more powerful than any government. God is more powerful than any church. God is more powerful than any political party. God is greater than any denomination. There is no government position or church position that can rule over the other. And that's good news because God is greater than all of these. And for us today, that's good news. God, forgive us when we think ourselves all-powerful. Forgive us when we think we have the freedom to do as we jolly well please, ignoring your rule of life. Forgive us when we claim power for ourselves and our selfish thoughts and reasons. Thank you, God, that you have made us free and that you keep us faithful. Help us in these days to pay attention, to be good followers of Jesus, to give to Caesar, but first and foremost, to give to you for Jesus' sake. And in his name I pray, amen.